Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I've got two awesome dudes here in the studio right now. In the studio, for real. It's my good, good friends. It's Steve Clark and Dan Brooks. They are here to talk about Turnaround off of Apollo 18. I was working all night in my office. When a man I had recently killed Called me up from a phone near my building So I looked out the window at him He had the same obsequious manner That was the reason I had him killed So to calm my nerves I sang this song to him Over the phone Turn around, turn around There's a thing there that can What's up, boys? What's up? Hey. Don't sound so excited. <coughs> Sorry. No, hey! We're, what's we're, up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> People still do that, right? What's up? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm bringing huge. it back. Yeah. I'm bringing it back. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, you're always on the cusp of the, uh, the, the trends. Ble- the bleeding edge, really. I'm, it's true. <clears throat> so these crazy dudes drove uh, long distances to be here in the studio because they're crazy. Um, but, you know, being vaccinated and having been cooped up for a year and a half makes us all do crazy things when we can now, or we are able to. Instead of uh, punching airline attendants, we drove. Oh, yeah. We, mm. we punched gas station attendants. Yes. Instead. So <laughs> they had it Dan- coming. <laughs> and by punching them, we, we tipped them because they did, you know, clean my windshield. They do God's work. So Dan here uh, has appeared on the... James K. Polk episode, uh, which was over the phone. Uh, but this one, he drove two and a half hours-ish down from the Chicago suburbs. Yes. Uh, but Steve here, from the Washington, D.C. area, how many total hours did it take you to get here? Uh, about ten and a half. Ten and a half. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. The podcast is honored to have people uh, sacrificing their time and their uh, accelerator foot muscles to get here and do a pod in person uh don't 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 put a put me on mount uh they might be giants more just yet yes Uh, yes. cruise control exists so steve was on the james k polk episode with dan but steve also appeared of course you all know on episode two i've got a fang and on the patreon episode the great mink car debate so steve is returning for the fourth time and Dan for the second time. So nice. yes, and and Dan, you had uh, 
you had your just solely your name on listed on the spreadsheet for this episode. And then when I said we should actually do this thing, you demanded that Steve also join you on this episode. Uh, why would you do that? Well, you know, we just we have a we have a you know we have a good rapport. You know, we have a dynamic that I think can't be reproduced if I play all the voices myself. Right. Oh, you would have pretended to be Steve. Yes, you know, like, I would so, have to run from one mic to the other too, because each one has its own subtle EQing. You know, and, and their own. Right. Their own, I mean, mine, you know, I'd prefer one to have a, a slight, you know, slapback delay, and, and the other one to have like maybe sort of a cavernous verb. Yeah, should I be sending right. this to the? I, uh, I, I'm not going to tell you. I, listen, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you how to run your business. I'm not going to tell you how to suck eggs. You know what I mean? So, but you know, if it was me, you know, I'm just saying. I, I did hollow out part of the ceiling so that you know we can mic it up there and get some natural. You know, slap back. Actually, I imagine that would be really nice. Yeah, right. I see you have some, some pretty nice baffles. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Drop ceilings are awesome for that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yes. So I'm sure it was mentioned on the James K. Polk episode, but uh, Steve and I were in a band a long, long time ago because we were very, very old. And we met uh, uh, Mr. Dan Brooks here mm. because he helped produce our final album, our Blue Battle album. Bet it all on red, and we have been good buddies ever since. And Outdoor mm-hmm. Valor has been back to uh, the studio is called Apocalypse Cow, mm. and Outdoor Valor had returned to that studio yes. uh, a few times to do recordings. Definitely, definitely so, some of our favorite projects, I would say. There is yes, much musical history here between the three of us. So I'm excited to have the trio back in full effect to talk about a song off my favorite album, Apollo 18. Where would you guys rank Apollo 18 amongst your favorite They Might Be Giants albums? You know, it's tough because they always say the thing you heard first is often the incarnation of the band that you like the best. You mm-hmm. know, so like if you only listen to Genesis with, I don't know, Peter Gabriel, it's like, well, that stuff with Phil Collins is just schlock, you know, or whatever. But, but it's really, it does come down to often what the fir- first iteration was. And for me, that was Flood. And mm-hmm. like Flood's literally the first one of the first three CDs I bought. I bought three CDs one day. Nice. What were the three. other two? Well, oddly enough, they're two of my favorites still. Uh, Jane's Addiction, Ritual De Lo Habitual, and um, Bob Mould's Black Sheets of Ring. Oh, wow. Mm. I bought a couple other really great ones that day, too. But, I mean, those are the first three. They were literally up to the counter at the same time. Yeah. It depends on which version of me you ask. <laughs> which version of Steve? Well, when I was younger, uh, to piggyback on the... Uh, first you heard uh i first was introduced to them other than the tiny tune stuff mm. was more the full band era mm-hmm. uh, so i loved factory showroom and that the uh, with the drum sound and whatnot so yeah. apollo 18 wasn't really on my radar in 92 when it came out mm-hmm. um so i i just didn't have it in my collection because you know obviously when you were forcing me to listen to tmbg uh, it was uh oh yeah 2000 and later yeah uh, so. <laughs> yeah i remember on uh, the last episode you did, you did mention there was a great deal of force feeding it, it, it was in well living beginning. with greg you know it in requi- college it requires anyone who lives with yeah, greg the, the stereo hearing. i think you personally wore out some of the lasers on the three disc changer the lasers, lasers couldn't handle all the tmbg they could not yeah. uh so it's it, when i was younger it's sort of lower on the rankings uh just i mean mainly because of lack of familiarity with it but it's also like when i'd hear tidbits like i'd be like you know their sound is so much better with a full band but now coming back to it and listening to this track in particular i'm like oh well this has its 
its merits just by itself without the without, I see where the raging debate comes mm-hmm. in uh, mm-hmm. regarding the full band People versus have died. the uh, oh yeah <laughs> versus the duo oh yeah, <laughs> People oh, yeah. in the great <laughs> TMBG debate wars yes. my darling Never I'm forget. writing to you from the front lines of the, <laughs> the letters of the, the, the battle of Adam and versus XTC yeah <laughs> why, why do these people from the late 90s have mutton chops and really outstanding mustaches <laughs> yeah really that's that's more of a late aughts thing they they knew about color photography right <laughs> Why are they never smiling? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like they had to sit there for minutes. <laughs> but that Matthew Brady, he's a hell he's got a hell of an eye, I'm just uh-huh. saying, you know. And Dan, you were the one that so you were the one that had selected this song off of the spreadsheet. Uh was it purely because there were so few songs that had been yet unclaimed or uh do you, do you remember why how you whittled it down i don't remember what would have still been available at the time that you picked this a ways back uh, it, yeah it's funny i was just saying to heidi earlier i'm like i can see how this one didn't fly off the shelves as much um but this oh, is the record yeah i mean i i this is definitely my favorite song on apollo 18 oh and yeah I, and i oh yeah and i do really like the album a lot but i mean honestly the stuff i I think the ones I really wanted to do were a couple of songs off John Henry, mm-hmm. and those were gone instantly. And I was, in, and then there was James K. Polk, which was actually my first choice. So, yeah. So by the time I got around to looking at the spreadsheet, yeah, I mean, Turnaround was one of the only ones left. And as I was listening to it the last couple of days, I'm like, okay, I could kind of see why it, it's just so uh, incredibly thoroughly surreal and nightmarish and you know phantasmagorical. <laughs> and I'm like, and it, and you know, each of the 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 narrative strains of each verse are tenuously held together. You know, it's more by theme than by story. And I could see how people would be like, ah, you know, I'm going to pass on that one and I'm going to instead do the statue got me high or something like that. <laughs> right. <you know>? Right. <laughs> it's know? a challenging song. Actually it is. Uh, yeah. I palindrome. I would probably be a, an easier choice in some ways, although it's got its complexities too. Well, before we talk about the song in full and the Apollo 18 version, we must listen to the dial a song version. Okay. Mm. All right. So, uh, let's see, let's check this out. And this is collected on a huge bootleg compilation called, the Power of Dial a Song, and this is on the Power of Dial a Song Part One. Let's see, here's turn around. Let's check it out. And so forth. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of slapback echo, right. now. I almost want to hear some like hiss yeah. uh, from like, uh, you know, on uh, I Can Hear You, yes. like that sort of uh, situation. You hear that little 
There's these other little talking parts that are in there. Ooh. Ooh. Is it like a round they got going there? Almost, yeah. Um, oh, a round. That last bit is terrifying. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's almost like they're getting into a Steve Reichian uh, phasing uh, type piece. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it just kind of starts like disintegrating towards mm. the end there. But yeah, like you said, talking about slapback echo, it's like the, whatever they're doing on the vocal there is just crazy. Well, yeah, I, I would say the, it sounds like the, the mix of the echo is as about as a hot as the original to the point where I'm not quite sure which one, you know what I mean? That that's a, that's a lot of slapback, which I like, you know, and then just voice and piano. Mm. So remind me the bootleg YouTube video that we're using is, is that, uh, from that's, that's the callers, what the callers would have heard. Yeah. And these were all, it's hard to say, uh, there, there, it's all just, it was slapped together by someone, but there's all different, levels of quality here but yeah mm. it was probably someone with a recorder up to their okay telephone handset so fidelity uh f- fidelity is not something to necessarily be commented upon <laughs> <laughs> well it may have been higher fire than i that. mean well it's going to be through a phone regardless yeah but, you know right. it's, mm-hmm. it's uh i'm not gonna say like wow it's really lo-fi well of course it is you dip like, and, uh, yeah <laughs> no that hadn't even occurred to me honestly until you mentioned it. i'm like yeah that's true these were all literally through a phone part of the charm of the dial a song yeah i think I think. Uh, so we don't know exactly what year that was. I mean, even the wiki has a question mark on the year. <laughs> Super we helpful. Don't know. Yes. <laughs> we don't know because there were some songs that uh, premiered on Dial-A-Song and then it would be like five, six years later before they ever made it onto an album. Um, but this one, uh, not so sure. But yeah, this one's just very repetitive. Uh, it's just the chorus mm-hmm. and then weird kind of yeah almost like a round coming in towards, towards the, end. the end yeah 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 um so then so it was fleshed out much more for apollo 18 obviously the piano was replaced by accordion we got uh barry sax we've got uh flans guitar obviously and there's not even a drum machine in the dial song version so you get the little drum machine in this one mm. um so f- there's this funny little quote from john linnell which i don't think i believe <laughs> I think he's fucking with us. The, in the music review, May 1992. We have this song called Turn Around on the record. And this sounds sort of odd, but I just sang these melodies into my sampler and had each key triggering a different two or three note melody. And I just messed around with it. What the hell does that mean? I, that doesn't... What? I could see it as being a way that you would start getting ideas for a song. But um, I'd be very interested in seeing how he literally did it. You is, know? He, is he talking about... Um because he because the bass part kind of ascends in a weird way mm-hmm. and so it seems like there's not really much of a key in the verses is that what he's talking about where it would trigger like a do 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 um oh. yeah i guess maybe it maybe it means he's singing just that's a four notes so <laughs> right he's just singing vocal sounds rather than words i guess is what he's saying maybe is very i don't know what he's talking about uh, well i wondered if maybe he meant it's like i've got a basically i would hit a note and it would create a sort of an arpeggio triad thing you'd be like oh okay i guess i'll do this chord next and you know so it would be sort of a a chord generator of sorts but i honestly don't know um maybe it's like the do 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 like that thing true yeah 
Well, that's still four notes, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very very perplexing quote to me. Well, John, I, I assume sometimes they, you inscrutable bastard. I was just going to say, I assume sometimes that you know, much like Bob Dylan or other artists, uh, they occasionally right. will throw you off the scent a little on purpose, or maybe oh, yeah. they just are tired of doing interviews that day, and they're like, you know what, I'm just going to you know do the Michael Stipe thing, where it's like, oh, the, the record, it sounds like uh, two oranges being nailed together. <laughs> and so Rolling Stone's like, great, their new album coming out, Life's Rich Pageant, it's about two oranges being nailed, and he's like, son of a bitch, why did I say that? So, yeah. <laughs> True story. Uh, and then we got another quote from him uh, a few years later, 1996 interview with Music and Computers. That was uh, that was supposed to sound like the Modern Airs, the vocal group that sang with the Glenn Miller Orchestra, like in Chattanooga Choo Choo. Not like, not like the Chipmunks. So he's saying, it's all me singing. We sped up the tape for half of them for the Ooh. notes I couldn't reach. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So the rounds. Yeah, the ones that sound like cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I actually can really see the uh, Modern Airs thing. Or... Uh, at first, we said Modernaires. I was thinking Jordanaires, which were the <laughs> guys, you know, backed up. Well, they had their own albums, but they backed up Elvis on his gospel stuff. And they did a lot oh, of that the call and response, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. I thought yeah. you were talking about the shoes. Right. <coughs> the Jordanaires, the Air Jordan Jordans. Jordanaires. I never thought about that before. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the gun. It goes right to the top. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Ascends. Uh, no, that's interesting, though. So, um, the, I love the drum machine on this song. It's just so lovably like chintzy yeah. and just like for a song, like songs that swing, that have a swung eighth on drum machine are just like hilarious to me. I don't know. It's like, ting, 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 Just like, cause there's just so, something just so human about a swung beat where, you know, it's all about the feel so that when you make a robot do it, it uh, just feels so forced. And but it, I think in the it case sheds of this a song, single tear and then shorts out. Exactly. <laughs> it, it is a very leaden swing. What is this thing you call swing? Well, it's like that parody swing that you know you have like people stripping to and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the sort of burlesque, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If only. And then, you know, yeah. the drummer's just barely holding on. He's like, I'm actually a bartender. I don't even know why I'm up here. <laughs> I, I, I think this song can be easily voted least likely to be played in a strip club. But, um, yeah. Well, it does talk about a dance instructor. It does. Yeah. And I suppose it could be interpretive dance. Very disapproving dance instructor, I might yes. add. Yeah, she's not cool with it. Mm. I don't know if or she is. Well, that's true. Oh, my God. That was so. Wait, do we have pronouns in that verse? I don't even know. Wow, that was pretty mm. sexist to me just now. Actually. Oh, terrible! Oh wait, no, she did say she played the xylophone. Yes. Okay. okay. Cool. So it is it. Okay, I'm back to good. Yeah, I'm yeah. not canceled. All right. Um, we won't, we, we're not going to drag you out back. Good. <laughs> Give you a beating you most richly deserve. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, yes. So yeah, that that bass line, that thing mm. covers a lot of range. It sounds like a never-ending staircase up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I forget what the name of that effect is. Uh, I'm sure Google would tell us. But I believe you, it's called the never-ending staircase up. Oh, nice. 
But it's it's so I much more. How would I Google that? It's so much more romantic in the original Polish, though. Right. There's some. <laughs> right. There's some like it's named after some person who. Yeah. And it's a, some composer did it. Yeah, it was just, like uh, Henry Gorecki does it in um, Symphony of Sorrowful Songs, like Symphony Three. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's like a, this endless like ah, uh, and it's like you just. I think feel that's like, what it's called. Is it? It's like the Gorecki effect oh, or something. Oh, like. son of a gun! <laughs> the Gre- Man. Okay, well let me look. How do you spell this guy's name? G O R G O R. E K I, or I'm sorry, E C K I. My phone. Oh, E-C-K-I. try uh, perpetual ascension or something like that, or always ascending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's it's well. There's thing there's some find. tone effect you can do that our brains interpret as always going up, even though that's impossible. Right. Um, and it's like it's like the version of the you know it's like the audio version of the never-ending staircase in art yes or the uh yeah infinite regress where yeah somebody's holding a picture of him holding a picture holding a picture you know what i mean that kind of right thing, those big if i was smarter <laughs> <laughs> yes i think it's called um try gorecki effect yeah let's see gorecki effect uh i think in art it's called mise et abim i believe or something like that. That doesn't sound like words. It's French, so not, <laughs> it's not really. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but the, the first movement of it, it's there's a ton of that. And um, anyway, uh, but it does. It, it there actually is some. I remember I bought a plugin some years back, and I, I wish I could remember who, who did it because it was just a, a mom and pop third party guy. So I'd love to give him a shout out right now. But he had something. I called, think it's called the Shepherd Tone. Ah, nice. But uh, I, yeah, I had this plugin. It was basically an infinite um, phaser upwards, and it was fantastic. Here we go. A shepherd tone, named after Roger Shepard, is a sound consisting of a superposition of sine waves separated by octaves. So that clears it right up. When yeah. played well, with then, the bass pitch or the tone moving upward or downward, it is referred to as the shepherd scale. And so it's got a really cool, um, it looks like claws when you visualize it. Really? On the thumbnail. Oh, that's hmm. great. Oh, wow. So it's really, it's really, really weird looking. But yeah, it sounds like it's, it never ends. And that's what it reminded me of. I don't know if this song, I, I don't know if this song is actually an example of it. Mm. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to click this YouTube video that has the, <laughs> that, that uh, really cool looking thumbnail there. <laughs> Let's just see what this is. Sounds like it's always going up. Yeah. Starts to fuck with you a little bit, too. (laughs) This video goes on for nine minutes. (laughs) Five minutes, but yeah. Oh, sorry. So, like, just the way the low octave keeps coming in, it... Yeah. It can feel like it's ascending forever. Yeah, it's an audio illusion. Yes. It's yes. a trick. <laughs> it's a trap. Uh, yes. So, yeah, that plugin I had did the same thing, but it was with a phaser. So you could, you could put any instrument on it and strap the phaser over, and it would be like, ah, especially with pads, it was, like, mm. magical. Damn. But, yeah, the bass line in the verses especially, and I think there's some of this in the chorus as well, uh, definitely just keeps ascending for an arpeggio. Uh, until the very, I think it's the last one before the last line in each verse. Mm. 
Um, and so it's, it kind of gives this like th- the effect that the song isn't actually really in a key. Um, because it's not, I don't think the, the intervals are kind of like, I think they're just steps above each other. I could be wrong about that though. Um, but uh, it's it's really an interesting effect, especially considering how how peppy the song is, right. and that there's this like background weirdness, and there's a lot of background weirdness to go around in this one. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so the chords are what A D E F sharp. I mean, so that's that's all just you know typically yeah. think of those as go-tos in a row like that as a progression mm-hmm. yeah well there is a bit of a jump from a and d so but it's not a huge one it's yeah the a fourth the bass line yeah. is doing a lot of work here yeah so yeah. I'd, I'd have to i mean i haven't tabbed it out to see where the root notes he's playing are mm. um i would i would very be curious about that because i have no idea either. that sounds it sounds like do 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 you know like yeah and i'm not sure where the intervals are on it but they're they at least some of them are pretty close together um True. And then yeah, finally you think comes there might back be some and, chromaticism going on there. Yeah. Well, he's um, got yeah, he's got four major chords in a row that are all very close to each other, which gives you the impression mm-hmm. of uh, uh, inharmoniousness or this kind of like this is quality. music theory nerd talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this We've is what the people crave. <laughs> oh, they crave. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's what plants crave <laughs> and what people crave. <laughs> well, at any rate, it's, it's it's a very interesting effect when it's because again, it's like this is a song where you were talking about the drum machine, Greg. I don't even notice the drums when I hear this song because it's it's like I just tune them out basically because they're just sort of there. It's so simple. Yeah, yeah. they're easy to be ignored. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but they're, it is simple, but essential. Uh, <laughs> You'd miss it if it wasn't there. Yes, you would. Yeah, uh, yeah you notice that it's not in the dial song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a strangely joyous sounding song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, uh, it reminds me of something like a organ grinder monkey might play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, a little, especially with the accordion. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, very, it's it's like a calliope song a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Not, it's not three four, but I mean it has that kind of. Thing. But it's like when you do a walking bass line like that, it's where it just only goes up, or at least seems to until the very end, where they're like, "Okay, I've run out of fretboard." <laughs> and <laughs> but it's, my my two hands on the keyboard have collided. <laughs> but right, it's not. It's it's clearly a keyboard bass. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. not yeah, an actual synth bass, yeah. Yeah. So it it sounds like he ran ran out of uh ran out of board there. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, fine. I'll, I'll I'll use the lower register." Yeah, I mean, if he was still on his they used a micro mog in the early days. I'm not sure if he was still using that for bass on this. How but many yeah. Oct- it's a yeah, that's like a two and a half octave keyboard, I yeah, think. Yeah, that doesn't give you much room so, to yeah, roam. Get up to mm-hmm. the top and you're like, "Whoop, well, I guess the bass line's going back down now." <laughs> <laughs> that's true cuz I don't think they could trans- transpose it to an octave or to a higher Yeah, cuz it wouldn't really well, it wouldn't really switch. be a bass at that point anymore. I mean, honestly, that switch back to the low register is really musically good. Mm. Um, satisfying yeah it's really nice it's and it's perfectly placed so mm-hmm. it, it could be just intentional as well right um, well, yeah because you do feel like you're kind of flying out into space and then at the very end it's like da 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 and you're yeah. like oh okay okay <laughs> yeah the yeah. song starts to lose all low end because the bass <laughs> gets completely out of the bass register and there's mm-hmm. just like there's just nothing there mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the bass drops back down and it yeah it's, you, really, ah, okay. it's a really nice effect because you're like stop ascending <laughs> Stop it. Okay, thanks. 
Too much ascension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, finally. Fucking finally. Jeez. I thought the guy would never stop. Like, freaking ascension? This isn't cold traded. What the hell? Too much ascension going on here. You don't need, you don't need to ascend that much. Right. And then in the chorus, it becomes a little more stagnant. The bass just kind of going yeah. up and down in little, little arpeggios. Yeah, and there's not as much, because um, I think the turnaround chorus itself is, especially in the Dylos song you can hear this, is that it's it's pretty, it's much simpler than the verses, because uh, yeah. there's a lot of repetition where, ba-da-da, ba-da-da, and that's sort of the motive that gets, you know, kind of holds the chorus together. Mm-hmm. But there's not, it's also um, bleak as hell. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Uh, it, but it's true. It is. It's very much like a sing-along chorus. I mean, it's da da da. So yeah. it, it's actually really appropriate that at the end of each verse, he's like, "And they sang this," you know, and because I, I I think that's actually a tremendous little uh, uh, little trope there. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I love that when, you know, yeah. when the the song is like, well, it's, it's saying it's like a song within the song. Exactly. They're mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I'm setting up the story, and then they. This is not the song. This is just a tribute. Right. It's that kind of effect where it's like. Yeah, it's like, so the novelist in the movie's writing a book, and the book is actually the name of the movie I'm watching. Head exploding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, well, at least when I was a kid, that would make my head explode. I'm like, whoa. You know, right. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're far too uh, worldly for such tricks at this age. Oh, oh no, no. Not I'm, a, I'm a wizened <laughs> bastard now, unfortunately. I love the style of the guitar playing in this song, too. It's just very staccato. Like the. It starts doing some scales too, some little counter melodies and stuff. It's like, just like he's just playing these. Like he never plays a sustained note. It's just these little, yeah, things. And then uh, I mean that's a Flansburg specialty, isn't it? Like yeah, the staccato, just these jabbing, yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he does have that little, very rockabilly thing uh, at the yeah. beginning of the second chorus. Is right before yeah. the. It's like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's like this, uh, like chicken picking, uh, rocky yeah. thing, like, and you're like, oh, which yeah. I, lo- I love that when something comes out of left field like that, do and then the it goes bendy. away. What's that? Do the do, bendy. Yeah. <laughs> I told you to do the if, bendy. If there's not six rockabilly bands named Chicken Picking, I'm sorely disappointed in America. I concur. <laughs> America do better. Seems like it could also be a good blue, uh, bluegrass band name. Oh, for sure. Oh, actually, that's true. Yeah. And I love how the, the guitar also kind of alludes to the instruments that come later. I like how the song fleshes out as it goes. It's pretty simple at first. And if I'm remembering correctly, the first verse doesn't really have much guitar in it at all. Second verse. And then that starts coming in in the second verse and the, the second third. chorus. And then the guitar gets replaced by the background vocals, or it adds the background vocals yeah. add on to it. So things just keep piling on. Mm-hmm. And that saxophone. The third verse is just, madness. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I love Linnell's sax tone. Like, he's just, you know, he plays it like it's a rock song, you know? Yeah. He's, he's not going for that lovely classical tone. No, it's. He's honking. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> That is the sonic equivalent of a splat. Yes, yes. It's 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 like we've we've gone full Inception. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he did Bois before. Uh, yeah, what before is it, was Zimmer it Hans Zimmer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So psh, in your face, Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were so cool. I know. He's listening to this and he's like, rat, 
rats. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I have to re readjust. Christopher Nolan will be furious. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. Or I'm, I'm done for. No. Uh, we, know, we know Nolan is a... Uh, Bois has put food on my table for years. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bois that feeds you and clothes you, son. <laughs> it's Bois that feeds you. No, anyway... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you, you know what? I think we probably told you this because I mean, you guys had a, a really strong horn component in Blue Bottle, uh-huh. and I, one of the things we learned, uh, I think, you know, shortly before we recorded you guys, so like maybe a year before, we realized that uh, particularly baritone sax uh, is great to pair with a distortion guitar, especially if you have a little blast, like, mm-hmm. and it was like it's it's like the distortion guitar of the horns, and it just hits like an atom bomb it's awesome yeah outdoor floor is taking full advantage of that Excellent. now with her double saxes i love just stacking a berry sax and a tenor sax just in like a, a close interval there to just get that grit oh yeah <laughs> phil specter was right after him i think we can all say that alto saxes and rock songs have nothing on berry saxes <laughs> i concur oh, i love it gotta go low but yeah Alto's more of the melodic little fringe. Well, element. that's, I think that song that <laughs> ruined it for everybody. Oh, yes. Uh, Baker <laughs> oh, Street. Yes. Yeah, the 80s just. <laughs> yeah, it was like Jerry Rafferty. Yeah. Oh, saxes yeah. were just used in the worst ways in the 80s. Yeah. Although I will argue Martha and the Muffins had a fantastic sax tone in all their songs. Oh, I mean, nobody's Muffins. here to shit Canadian on Martha, band. And the Mu- Martha and the Muffins. What's the song in theirs? Uh, they had a song called Echo Beach, which was a pretty big hit in like 81. Echo oh, okay. Beach, far away in time. Echo you remember Beach. Greg? Yeah. Having oh, just yeah. been born. Yeah. You and uh, <laughs> they had a. That was my very first favorite song. You know, that's my, oh, yeah. They had a song called Women Around the World at Work, which was like a proto feminist new wave song. Hmm. And, oh, they had a female lead singer t- uh, for the most part. Nice. Yeah. Canadian. Huh. Well. Um, the accordion in this song, I feel like it doesn't get enough of a feature, but uh, it's, it's just kind of. I mean, it's moving the chord progression yeah. along. It's a workhorse. It doesn't really get any uh, melody or uh, leads. It's, it's kind of the most noticeable thing when I listen to it. Yeah? Yeah. Um, it's in, in fact, it's basically when I... My head canon for this song before we decided we were going to record it was that it was accordion and vocals, Yeah. basically. Uh, and then I was like, oh, there's other stuff there. Huh. <laughs> Honestly, I was totally with you. I had totally forgotten about the drum machine. Yeah. That bass line really takes over it for me, though. I th- the, it does. Over, takes over the accordion. Well, it's a very thin... The, the synth bass tones are often very, like, thin. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about how the low register just completely disappears. Um, yeah, the bass being a synth bass doesn't help. True. But true. It's, it's, it's... You don't need booming bass for everything. Holy true. You have small handwriting. Oh, I've never sh- I've never shown you my handwriting. Holy cow! Holy oh. shit! Yeah, that's uh, well. I, I try to get the most out of every notebook. You know? That that's two point font, Holmes. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I come correct with the fonts. Correct. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I I uh, it's gotten to the point now where every time you know I, I go talk to somebody and they'll see it, they'll be they will stop like mid, you know like I've actually. <laughs> had a couple of people who became friends because I was at a diner writing and they literally walked past my booth and were like, your handwriting's so awesome and small. And I'm like, well, I thank you for noticing. And, and that honestly, is not like, what she said. <laughs> yeah. In, uh, never mind. Okay. So, yes. 
but yes. So lyrically, this song really, really just it gets right to the point here, right Ooh. to the vibe. You mean death? Exactly. Excessive, I was working all night. Death. <laughs> I was working all night in my office when a man I had recently killed. I mean, talk about starting off the song. I mean, yeah, it's similar in a way to I Palindrome I. Someday mother will die and I'll get the money. It's like right there. It's just like I know it's such a great opening line, you know. And it's so again the melody. I mean, they have such an unerring ear for melody. So it's like someday mother will. You know, and you're like, wow, it's so good. And then you're like, whoa, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> no mincing words here. Yes, especially Linnell. He's just uh, death. is just really just always at the forefront of his mind. I can't. I can't imagine being inside the guy's brain. Yeah, it's just very. Yeah. Yeah, mm. and, I imagine it'd be very reverb heavy. Yeah, <laughs> in his brain. <laughs> yes, and I feel like this song was really the start of his, or one of the starts of his fascination with skulls and mm. and bones and stuff like that, which which would pop up more and more. And I mean, the very next album, John Henry featuring skulls prominently in the artwork. True. And later, we have an album called Spines. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. it's, Spine. it's sort of like I, I rarely hear like in music the memento mori yes um it's a lot in art but he's like he's like no i'm gonna say skull a bunch um (laughs) well yeah and that's the first thing i think of that actually that phrase when it's there's a human skull in the ground i'm like whoa memento mori much (laughs) you know it's like i mean that's like the ultimate elizabeth oh much too much (laughs) (laughs) oh yes indeed my friend oh but i must (laughs) (laughs) too much memento mori (laughs) so much yeah uh, but uh yeah it's that's amori ah that's amori Yes. When I go to the Shed Aquarium, I'll say, hey, babe, you know what fish that is? That's a moray. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Greg, for laughing because she never laughs. She's like, that's terrible. And I'm like, you know in your heart it was hilarious. So. <laughs> oh, well. Dad jokes, yo. Big time. I've embraced that thoroughly. <laughs> so would you guys kill if, uh, if someone had an obsequious manner? Would you have that person killed? I wonder if he's killed himself. <laughs> Oh, because wow. that is the sort of obsequiousness is the sort of thing as a self critique. Definitely. Because I don't see like a boss capping Igor. Um, who's he been was like, too loyal. Yes, master. Yes, right away, master. Right, right. You know, I, I'm not saying I don't think Peter Laurie gets shot. Uh, <laughs> In the extended director's cut of Frankenstein, where he's right. like, he's like, you are so intolerably obsequious. <laughs> Blam! Your loyalty frustrates me. <laughs> yeah, your unerring loyalty and over-the-top uh, servile nature is really too much. I'm, I can only stand so much brown nosing well, as I mean, a megalomaniac, and really, this is just too much, and you well, have to go. Mr. But, Burns often does get annoyed by Smithers. I mean, look what happened to Mike Pence. You know, I mean, no, no, I mean, he yeah. he gave everything. You know, he every last shred of dignity, and look what happened to him. Mm. Yeah, so maybe, but I I always thought that. I mean, I was thinking. Well, while I was prepping for this, that I thought it might be uh, calling from a phone near my building. Uh, for one, uh, I don't know you guys how familiar you guys are with uh, some of the Zodiac stuff. Uh, the Zodiac Killer. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, sure. there was a near miss where. Like basically, there was a witness, and there was a guy. He made a call from the phone book booth, and somebody was like looking across the street. Mm-hmm. At oh that phone wow! Booth. 
and it was a near miss for him, I think, if I recall correctly. So that, that sort of popped in my brain. I don't know if it has anything to do with anything. So this is great content I'm spitting right no, now. No, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm intrigued by this because my first thought was, wow, it's a very Edward Hopperian setting. You know, yeah, working late at night or like third man noir third man, type yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Where there's like mm-hmm. yeah. right, and it's kind of this. You know, disembodied voice. You know, phones are used so much in film noir. I mean, it's it's you know, I mean, it, was, it was a relatively new technology, and so you have this like disembodied voice making threats or, or uh, mm-hmm. hostage uh, situation stuff. Um, but uh, no, I really like the idea, Steve, that he might be he Calling might have eliminated himself, himself. or his mm. ghost, or right, and that and the ghost has returned. Talk yeah. about ending up in a in a grave. Mm-hmm. True. Well, yeah. I'm not sure these are all the same characters because we have okay. a we at the end, but you know. Who knows? I mean, it could be the first person because, you know, Smoking Popes have uh, Megan song. So this also reminded me of that where Megan, it seems like the first verse, uh, the narrator kills himself. The second verse is him in sort of like a a gateway between worlds. And the third verse is him as a ghost and then being led off to the afterlife. Um, Man, I never thought about that song in that dark terms. It's bleak. I got to Yeah. Well, the train hits his car because he stops on the tracks. Mm. Um and and then he's in a, a land where the air was clean and the sun never goes down and mm. he's going up a staircase and then in the third okay. verse he's uh, this is smoking popes talk on the day my pajamas yeah. we've moved on to smoking popes and the third verse is like he's wandering aimlessly uh, um, by the train station and then someone comes and leads him away mm. oh wow. And then he asks Megan to let her let her know that uh, you know he waited as long as he could. Yeah, wow. which is super bleak, but that's my interpretation. It's of that. romantic, such, good, such a good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's huh. kind of what this reminded me of. But when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, because when you get to the third verse, there is some like there is a progression between the three more than just thematically that could be factual. Um, and some of the theories that I looked at on the wiki were you know, played around with this somewhat, but, um, I can see that, um, there's, there could be one character and then who's joined by other, you know, Mm -hmm. ghosts on the ride on the train. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. It could, it could be, you know, but yeah, back to obsequious, that's sort of the thing that it's like, I would criticize myself for. It's like, you know, it's like, oh man, I was such a suck up in that spot. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't, I can't no, believe I said those words to a, another human who's in a position <sighs> of authority over me. What a, what a wimp I am. You know, like that sort of, that's sort of the vibe I was getting from it. But I, also, I, I'm no, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> no, no, but I agree. I very rarely do you hear it used in terms. I mean, I guess yeah, Mr. Burns occasionally like. Ugh such a sucker yeah yeah but i mean for the most part yeah it is it's very much a self-critical term Mm -hmm. um you know uh it's it's, you know bosses generally find more pliant uh right you know uh yes men better yeah 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 you don't you don't kill the yes man right yes man rules that's what you want yeah exactly so I insert clip of Mr. Burns saying, wait a minute, I've been making all the wrong moves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I do agree, though. And, and I think we talked about this earlier that, uh, you know, how many how many songs out there do have this, the word obsequious? You know, I think when I first heard this, I thought he was saying ubiquitous. Mm. And so I didn't <laughs> even know what obsequious was at right. the time. So I had to, you know look it up but our listeners who are both good looking and fantastic smelling yes. obviously did not need a dictionary definition of obsequious no, no. they might be giants have taught me you know 
a good handful of vocabulary words. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently there's um, mammals have a four-chambered heart. Mm. I did not learn in school because <laughs> I went to Catholic school. But anyway. <laughs> it's one chamber and then Jesus. That's right. right. You need to leave room for the Holy Spirit in the other two chambers. God designed all these animals. That's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think it is possible there is a narrative story like you were saying. I mean, it could be a, a ghostly thing. I mean, certainly yeah. that's all over the symbology. But it seems like more than one death in this thing to me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, so should we get to the character in the f- second verse? Well, have we have we covered the uh, all of it? I mean, it's just, yeah, it's... Well, it's interesting he had him killed. It's, yeah. It's, it's a very much... Oh, that is uh, interesting. It's it, like... He ordered the hit. It's, oh. It's very much a hedge fund That's banker, passive, elitist, yeah. like, I won't dirty my hands. Right. That and, is and, passive, yeah. And he also has the money. I mean, because nobody kills somebody for free. Is typically. it more like hands-off, like... Yeah, casualties of the captains of industry, like, you know, your workers, like, drilling for oil and gets hit in the head by a right. falling piece of machinery. And, exactly. You know, and you had you didn't really kill him yourself, but, you know. But you but through your lack of caring, yeah. you know. Uh, put yeah. him in a dangerous situation. Yeah, murder right. by, he was killed. murder in absentia, I guess. Mm. <laughs> yes. Mm. Passive uh, murder. Well, yeah. Um, it is interesting, though, um, that each verse gets less uh the behavior gets less socially acceptable you know at first i mean killing somebody nobody knows you had somebody killed (laughs) but then the the second one it's like okay you're in a graveyard now (laughs) (laughs) and it's there for god and all to see you know and then you get to the third verse and clearly terrible behavior is being done here you know there's just i mean in an irresponsible manner or fashion i should say anybody else have flashbacks to a school bus on the third verse totally you're like 99 bottles of beer on the wall type deal oh yeah 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 i totally imagine the idea of finding the ferryman to the river of sticks being like a you know somewhat uh addled bus driver type figure you know <laughs> it's just hilarious to me <laughs> well and i love that they're like we thought he would find us highly amusing i'm like what would make them think that? <laughs> like, yeah, like hey look at us look at us you know yeah. it's it's the it's, there's this dead milkman song um where he's like uh, it's called Stuart, and he's like ah, and then Stuart got up there on the roller coaster he's like look at me and i found his head by the snow cone dispenser you know <laughs> no and, and it's like you know it's, you know again bad behavior that gets immediately punished by the fates <laughs> uh, right and and not even poetically it's like the yes. the uh the thing that of course that would happen right. happened you know <laughs> yeah it's like it's, well what'd you expect yeah, yeah it's it's the you stuck your head into the lion's mouth what did you think was going to happen <laughs> you're um, right it, it's not poetic though yeah it's not like the promethean yeah, will be punished there, by there, there's no dramatic thing. irony in in this in <laughs> yes. this situation yeah, like, okay midas you loved gold and then you killed your daughter you know it, no, <laughs> none of that it's just no, good head job <laughs> <laughs> but and i don't know if you feel this but i always feel that the maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves by talking about the third verse but um, yeah. i love how the uh head swivels around i do imagine the exorcist every time oh yeah like oh, yeah. he doesn't turn around so to speak he just oh yeah uh, yeah so that's possible but anyway i'm getting ahead of myself well a lot of the every word i think does do a lot of work in each of the verses uh so it's like even when you like come with a theory you you immediately find like a pronoun or a like 
or a uh, who's doing the action in each sentence can undermine that interpretation. So it's it's quite a lot of fun to just you can play around with a lot of things kind of work, but nothing that I've heard like is, you know, bulletproof. <laughs> True. Um, but I do like the idea of multiple characters in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, so I don't know, maybe there's a hit put out and the guy, maybe it's an unsuccessful hit. Um, ah, which would be extremely, uh, well, I don't know, would be more, more, uh, disconcerting would be someone who, you know, you killed coming back and talking to you or yeah, someone who right. you thought someone you took your shot at and missed. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, <laughs> now I'm learning that didn't work and I still paid the guy. Damn it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> dial Did M check f- clear? Dial M for you messed up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was quite good. Um, but yeah, we were talking about the second verse um, and how it isn't necessarily the same character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's a failed hit, it could be. But it's, it's a ghost that takes him down, apparently, with something heavy and pointed, uh, which I always yeah. got like a Raskolnikov oh, yeah, yeah. vibe from this one. Um, That's Actually, I like that because I had always thought it was like a... Um, uh, a sort of um, uh, like a sor- stick, a spear. Well, I was well, yeah. sort of a voodoo dart. You know, like a our the American offensive parody of Vodun. You know, like you know, and he gets you know because they always get you in the neck when you're not I looking. I always pictured a blowgun too, but that wouldn't be too heavy. Well, well that's that's pointed. why why I say axe is just because it's like the adjective that gets applied to a blow from an axe, like True. just almost in a cliched manner. It's like it's like oh. He came down with the heavy blow of the axe. <laughs> yeah, I right. had always thought, right. very true. for the longest time, I thought it was when I felt something happy and pointed. I heard, Ooh. I hear that too. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it is, and he's saying that uh, it's like a, hey. it tranquilizes him immediately. <laughs> Poking on the back, he's like, hey, hey you, hey. ow. <laughs> with a finger. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if you're immediately like tranquilized and, and you know, I, I like, again, if we're going back to the Vodun thing, it's like, oh, you're totally paralyzed. You fall into the open grave and you're like, I'm feeling great. I know this is really bad. I'm not going to make it, but whew, right now, I'm feeling that that stuff is kicking in. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever was in that is real yeah. nice. That was a good. That was yeah, good I I I get a decapitation vibe from this verse, but oh, um, I like that. So, okay. uh, can we talk about uh, where you should and shouldn't do interpretive dances? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> anywhere uh, where there is a planet yeah. Earth, I mean, there should be no. Inter- <laughs> Oh, disagree, sir. I, yeah, well, disagree. I'm just saying it takes Sometimes it takes real skill. Well, I agree, but some people it takes real skill to be. It, it's like improvisation in jazz. You're like mm-hmm. you have to be. Yeah, you have to be. Real, I mean, not everybody's Miles Davis. It's got to be set up. Right. Yeah. It's, it's about yeah. the tense moves she didn't do. Hey, man. The artists. Space. Artists create art. It's true. Um, but yeah, I think. <laughs> I I, th- I think I, I think a graveyard. Uh, is uh, probably not the best place for an interpretive dance. Just right. you know, throwing that out there. I, I'm no, I'm no. Uh, who's the etiquette columnist? Uh, Emily Post. Emily Post. Miss Manners. Those mm. type of situations. But uh, I think, especially if there's an open grave nearby, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably a bad place to do it. Um, but 
dancing on someone's grave is an expression <laughs> it is and it's not is that considered what's going a on here maybe it's not like i was so happy for the man that i danced on his grave no it's, it's it has a negative connotation so he's got a dance instructor apparently uh they came to creative differences uh, <laughs> such that he's like oh you weren't down with my interpretive dancing before well how about now dance instructor <laughs> like eat this <laughs> Well, I wondered if his dancing was so um, offensive that the ghost returned from the dead and was like, yeah. you've learned nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I died for you. This might this be a fantasy of do. teachers everywhere. I honestly um, wondered that. Like, you know, there's people oh, yeah. who are like, uh-huh. You got, what was his? This yeah. is karma. Karma is like, real. It's like, oh, your life depended on doing a quadratic equation, did it? <laughs> well, if only you'd paid attention in my class. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want to find in the literature deaths by failed quadratic equation. It, there's got to be a, there's got to be something. You know, it's probably like the uh, the trolley problem. Where it's like <laughs> the well, trolley problem. You, you know, the trolley, the the philosophical. It's it's really an awful scenario, and, and it never happens in real life, really. But basically, the idea is well, you've got a trolley that's uh, running away, and uh, you're the only one inside the trolley. And uh, if you can switch the tracks, and it'll go to this side, and it'll kill four people. Or you can switch the tracks and kill this one person. And then often they'll change it and make it, well, what if he's a fat man? And so then he'll stop it. You know, I mean, it, it gets more and more just ghoulish well, as it goes. I, I thought there was like, there was a, you by inaction, you kill more people. Yes. And by action, you kill one person. So the utilitarian would say, right. for sure, you, you make the choice to switch. Right. But some people say that the, the choice is less moral than letting the trolley take its course. Right. For, mm. You know, which, so if like you're the vision from the Avengers, you're like, I'm on the side of life. And, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. which I do love that line. I mean, I shouldn't mock it, but but it's true. It's like, so therefore I cannot, you know, right. non, none through my hand shall be overcome. Did I just, well, know. actually the trolley problem? I think I did. <laughs> I oh, think well. you did. Actually. Mm, yeah. Wow. Mm. You know, I might have sh- to have myself killed for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also have to appreciate that the dance instructor is not only, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, a talented dancer, mm. but also uh, good at the xylophone. I think Indeed. he was wrong to dance on her grave, I yeah. think, because, mm-hmm. well, we, I think we're making a bit of an intuitive leap by saying that uh, the grave is for the dance instructor. Um, yeah, I was not really sure about that. Yeah, I don't think, it's not explicitly stated, but may, I mean, she her ghost is hanging around, so maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, at least grave adjacent, I'd say. Yeah, maybe in the same cemetery, yeah. Yeah, uh, hmm. but yeah, she contained multitudes. She could uh, <laughs> she could drop a mean interpretive dance and, and, and rock some xylophone. Although maybe she's like a ballet instructor and the dude was just like not having it. Like, well, yeah. I, see, I wondered if interpretive dance to her was offensive because it wasn't uh, orthodox enough. Like she uh, was maybe of an older school, the old school, yeah. And she was, you like, know, the old school of xylophone playing ballet instructors, like you do. Yeah, I mean, you oh, know. Yes. But uh, no, you're right. She doesn't. Cont- I mean, she's like, you don't know me. You don't know all I can do. Which you don't know about me. Man, I can fill fill a, fill <laughs> a room. You don't know me. <laughs> fill a grave. You don't know me. Uh, you don't. Yeah, I can fill a whole grave, man. I play xylophone. <laughs> I like the I idea. I cook a mean omelet. You know. <laughs> I wonder if it's just um, Greg. You were telling me on one occasion. That that uh, the songwriting process was to use a word that didn't appear in song mm-hmm. or at least didn't appear in their songs. Now, I wonder if like either obsequious or xylophone fits that bill, but xylophone, I think, is just to 
it's like a surrealist sort of instrument. It's like, no, she didn't get out there and shred a mean solo, <laughs> you know, um, which I think is funnier. It's a funny uh, visual, yeah. Yeah, like like this, uh, you know, thrash <laughs> metal like lick gets yeah. gets ripped while she's singing "Turn Around." Um, <laughs> but I think the other thing that was xylophones and chromatic instruments in general are often used to create this faux, creepy, childlike vibe. I mean, I oh, often yeah. joke that mm. like. Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies is like maybe the second or third creepiest Christmas carol ever. You know, mm. I mean, there's because there are several words. I, I say this as somebody who loves um, vibraphone, glockenspiel, xylophone, but it's often. Yeah, you can get the hell out if you don't. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this GTFO. is a chromatic only area zone. Um, but yeah, I, I think in some ways, in the same way that you'll hear children's singing voices used as a creepy thing and it's like it, you know it wasn't intended that way but it's become sort of a, a cliche in itself oh, yeah. well i think that's kind of the the whole ethos of the song is that there's this weird juxtaposition of like joyous music with like really surrealistly dark lyrics oh that's that's a bread butter oh yeah, yeah. i mean and, that was a huge i mean for me that was a huge influence i mean was listening to that and going oh, we can have something that's incredibly catchy, incredibly major key, and mm-hmm. yet at the same time, the lyrics oh, yeah. don't have to be like, it's a sunny day, you know, or whatever. It can be about something dark, and you can really, sick, st- you know, mm-hmm. sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe it's one of those uh, those uh, leather straps that they use to knock to people knock out. people out. Yeah. Where'd you get that? Send away. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the chorus is like the theme song of murderers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like yes. every murderer knows. There's many murderers in the song. Well, and death is always following you. It's yes. true. I mean, we are in the midst of life. We are near death. And mm-hmm. But it's also, it's very much not just memento mori, but it's also like, turn around, death is imminent. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's very much like, oh, you know, it's, it's all about mm-hmm. like uh, uh, destroying hubris. It's, it's, it's interesting to revisit the song during pandemic times. Because it is, whew, <laughs> got, yeah. a, got a little, uh, got a little bit of a, hmm. <laughs> well, that's existentially terrifying. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I've noticed that with several films I've revisited where I'm like, ooh, this has a, this has a deeper, it has sort of a leaden heart that drags me to the bottom of the sea a little bit, emotionally, not literally, but I mean, but it's like I didn't notice this before, you know, yeah. but because of COVID-19, because covid well, and just, I mean, there is, I, I do like the idea and I, I like when I see this in literature and song, but they might be giants do this particularly well is when, you know, you sort of play around with where there's, you know, the assumption that there's some dignity in a lot of death mm, mm-hmm. and that is not present here. <laughs> no, um, true. no, we have goofy, goofy, goofy death, <laughs> especially in this verse where, you know, it's like, I don't know about you, but buried alive after being maimed by my dance instructor <laughs> right. and kicked into an open grave is really not high up on my list of like things that, you know, <laughs> scream like, Oh, I died. Well, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> and she was singing, a good death. she's singing this little theme song as she's right. burying you alive. Right. Yeah. On a xylophone. Yeah. This joyful song right. accompanied by xylophone. And apparently she, uh, speaking of containing multitudes, she apparently has several limbs because it takes two limbs to really play the xylophone properly. So she must have either a flunky, Kicking or shoveling the dirt in, or she is telekinetically put it in there, or she is she. Maybe the murder weapon is xylophone. What was it? 
Maybe the murder weapon's the xylophone. Oh. Yeah, like the, the butt end of the mallet? Yeah. Maybe. Or the, you know, because it's thinner at the top, right? It is. A bit. It can be. Xylophone's usually, I mean, it's like a goddamn table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Like a full classical xylophone. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible. So she whacked him with the axe and then walked over mm-hmm. and got got her xylophone going. Right. Rolled the xylophone Well, he in. was he was basically neutralized at that point. I mean, he, not yeah. only he's got hit in the head, maybe decapitated, but also he's in an open grave. Well, so hey, is like, the human skull on the ground, is that his head that's be. looking back at his body? It's a great could question. <laughs> I wondered that, too. It's like, is the human skull that, or is it more like... Death's coming for you, sir. Right. Here is the skull th- that you didn't notice the whole time standing behind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think in this verse there really can be a literal component because mm-hmm. there can be some uh, decapitation mm-hmm. um, interpreted here. Um, if it's heavy and pointed, not happy and pointed. Right. Um, but the know. lyrics seem to, the uh, you know, the internet's always correct. So, um, True. <laughs> it's a wiki. How could it be wrong? I mean, I could go up and grab the CD booklet and see. I'm trying to remember if the lyrics are in there. I mean, heavy and pointed makes more sense as mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I think happy and pointed is probably like somewhat bad writing. But <laughs> well, I don't know. Here, happy acts. It feels kind yeah, of Shakespearean. Yeah, but that's like, yeah. Right. Like they, they don't usually happy go dagger. that. Happy dagger. Isn't that? Yeah, isn't yeah. That, it's in the yeah. end of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah exactly. but that's yeah, more like call. convenient rather than like... You know, like the modern connotation of like happiness. Yeah, yeah true. That again, it would have to mean that he wanted, he was self abnegation, you know, where much like right. he hates his obsequious nature. He's like, yes, I'm being killed and richly deserve it. You know what I mean? That kind yeah. Of thing. So, but, yeah. But again, you're probably right. It's probably heavy. Yeah. But it's, this is one of those tunes, and they might be giants are always good at this. It's like, just even in, this is a wordier song for them. Mm-hmm. It's still very, the the ones that are there do a lot of heavy lifting and yeah. it's even though the rhythm of this is more like and i i was and more of a storytelling vibe mm-hmm. they still really get a lot done um being sort of like pointedly vague and it's it's really an interesting piece of writing because i i always enjoy that there's like okay you can have this one is a little light on the comment section in the wiki Mm-hmm. Um, for the theories, but there's yeah, still like five looked, or six yeah. in there mm-hmm. um, that have it. Um, but I don't know. I can see we're sitting here and we've got what, like five, six interpretations mm-hmm. already, and we're not even at the third verse. True. Uh, so true. It's. I mean, um, I've prepared 18 pages of notes that I'm going to need to speak on later. So I mean, you know, just as long as you're down with that and you have enough, <laughs> you know, digital. Well, bit, we've got a, whatever it is. We got a record to beat. So. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's like, you know. I don't think we're listeners at home. If you're unaware, we briefly held the record for the longest episode of this might be a podcast yes, with our James Pollock episode. We did. And it bothers me on a personal level that it was uh, beaten. It is now the third place, oh, third no. longest. Yep. It's even worse. Thunderbird. Not even the penultimate. Someone keeps moving my chair, and then James <laughs> Oh, that is a yeah. song, man. That's a song you can. Right. I could see that. Well, know? we we could have done better in our song selection if we wanted to really get some longevity on. Uh, True that. Well, the James K. Polk had the advantage of having all the historical stuff that yeah. that you could just go off. Of. Yeah, I had True. to just I had to just uh, you know historical. get on my uh, yeah 
Go blabbing. <laughs> Steve gone on, got his history. I went on. and gone on. <laughs> but I loved it. Honestly, I was just talking yesterday about how much I enjoyed that episode and how even though Steve and I both researched it a ton, we both had things that we were like, oh, I didn't know that. Like there was so yeah, much. Right. It's, it's, it wasn't just us going, oh, yeah, I just read that yesterday, man. Yeah, totally. It was like we were like, oh, really? I totally missed that. It was a learning experience. It was. It was. It so second verse, um, much darker than the first, but sillier. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is although a feat. I don't know, maybe maybe they're equally dark. I don't know. Being killed by a dance instructor just uh, you know, dance instructors just seem so. Have you ever wimpy. had a dance instructor? The, they will fuck no, you up. Oh, okay, dance instructors, they will fuck you up. Yeah, they do not mean to, but they do. <laughs> uh, or maybe they mean to. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree that that is a little little heavier. Yeah. Uh, but but sillier it is sillier and but it's like what you guys said about like you know you don't want to be the guy like oh so how'd he die oh well <laughs> funny story like I, I let remember, me tell you remember, a spectral dance instructor <laughs> yeah that he had really pissed off because he was not following the rules at all he, he was, was doing not, interpretive dances yeah and his pirouettes sucked and yeah. you know and then he'd just break out into some sort of like skeleton dance yeah and <laughs> You know, yeah, cartoon skeletons clearly has to be the interpretive dance that's happening okay. that gets him killed because uh-huh. I can I'm, think of nothing more disrespectful. <laughs> I'm imagining, yeah, the old Richard Flesher cartoons with like the, the, mm-hmm. the little spooky tombstones going, uh-huh. yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. but it, you know, it's also it's like you guys are saying about like you know, you don't want to be like okay, when I was a kid, I remember um, once seeing this. This little picture on, and they used to have them all the time on like uh, Coke machines you know, or, or pop machines. And it would have this thing like, don't, you know, it would like a picture, it's like, don't rock it. And it would have like a like a silhouette of a dude rocking <laughs> Poor and then Twiggy. It, right, and then immediately. Right, stick man bam. getting crushed, yeah. Right. And yeah. I was like, and I remember as a kid distinctly thinking, God, wouldn't it be awful if someone in your family, like, you know, your great uncle or something, you're like, so how do you die? He's like, well, uh, he was. He's yeah. the reason they have that sticker on. Yeah, there. yeah, yes. I, you I, know that's why. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it might be Carcolnay, maybe, who even mentions, he's like, every time you see a don't do this sign, you know there's a story behind it. <laughs> and it's a pretty amazing story. Because yeah. somebody had to put that sign up. You yeah. know? No, it's part of a settlement. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. yeah. And here to Ford, you will have to put a sign that says, do not snort pixie sticks. Yeah. <laughs> there's no yeah. sugar in pixie sticks. No, no. So what do we think about this group of uh, this group of folks in the third verse? We were waving our arms out no, the window. We I got a uh, ferryman on the river sticks vibe from okay. this, where the, these are uh, these are spirits being taken to the underworld. But I was thinking that uh, this was a this has some children singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall in the back of the bus vibes <laughs> and, and the idea of the ferryman to the underworld being this addled bus driver yes. figure is just hilarious to me mm-hmm. um i i do love the idea of sharing the boatman with like one of those crankshaft caps on you know yeah. he's like he's just like, he's like if you frozen <laughs> <laughs> like, like i don't know if you guys did you guys ever take the bus when you were a kid Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, because uh-huh. I mean, my bus driver, like all the cliches are true in the case of this guy. I mean, he was the angriest man. Oh like, yeah, it's like David Lynch is the angriest dog. Alive. This was like the angriest man alive. And like, I can't think of another job that would more justifiably make a person lose their shit completely. Oh yeah, oh, and God, it was like an never. everyday thing. And it was yeah. just, I felt like I, you feel bad because the guy's face would turn 
so red and he would have the veins coming out oh, and, yeah. and he's like in his sure. 60s already and you know at that age when you're like 10 60 is like 150 years oh, old you're yeah. like my god this guy's gonna drop dead any moment now you know <laughs> and i even let's even, make it happen even as the lovable scamp that i was back then i even <laughs> did feel a little sympathy like boy this this has got to be hell for this guy yeah. why is he doing this well so, and i i'm sure that the uh the visible upset that he was conveying to the bus made the children stop for a moment and go like you know <laughs> we're really really causing this man some pain yes this um, this should give us pause we should yeah should we stop mm-hmm. no they did it more right. yeah. <laughs> and it's like the absolute worst thing that you can do is like show that it's getting to you but it's like it's hard when these little shits are behind you it's like it's got to be the worst job in the world but what if they've got really a paper does. white mask of evil I mean, uh, it sounds might... to me like this person turning around is just fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> of evil. Um, like, yeah, it's that moment where you're like, oh, it's over now. We're all going to get punished in a really bad way. You know, oh, when yeah. You're a kid. In this yeah. case, it's like much worse. Well, I like, I like the assumption of the group that uh, he would have found it amusing. <laughs> yes. hey, look at us. <laughs> <laughs> why would he think that they're amusing? I, just, that's, I think that's why this verse is so... Like, I laugh every time I listen to this third verse, yeah. especially when it gets to the paper white man. It's like... You know, well, it's, it's musically funny too. Yeah, the harmonies start coming in. Yeah, yeah I mean, the harmonies like the, are the just like I laugh at the harmonies in this. Like, <laughs> and and the Barry Sachs cracks me up, and like it's 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 just it's it's a cartoon soundtrack. It's so funny, and it's. It is. It, it's, it's all we need is a slide whistle to complete it, and you know. It's, but it's like I love it because it's like so. It's so much richer and fuller than the other two. Yeah. And it's just like this is an excellent example of the building on instrumentation throughout mm-hmm. the song, but this one is. <laughs> they, they 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 just let her rip. Like, yeah. They're like, I I want to imagine like you know some songwriters are like, okay, let's take it to absurdity and dial it back. <laughs> yes. I want to see where the absurdity was. Like, cause <laughs> it's like, what what right. did they have a theremin in there? Like, and where's the xylophone? Uh, right. <laughs> they're like, dude, that's too literal. That's yeah. too on the nose. Right. No xylophone. Because if this is the dialed back version, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> You know, I, I, I do wonder that, too, because it does feel like, and that's one of the things that makes it probably my favorite song on the album is not just all the, all the lyrics, but the fact that the lyrics and the music do build on each other. They do mm-hmm. become, and this is something I find myself doing all the time because I'm a total, you know, I'm just a sucker for it, where it's like, okay, each, you know, because like you said in the original, it's just, the original verse, it's drum machine and accordion and voice, and then, you know, pretty soon there's these other elements, and then by the third verse, there's the sax and then you get to the chorus and it's this full on Andrew sisters like thing that that you know I mean yeah. it's, it's yeah. Sad, but I love that the stakes get, keep getting upped as I say the behavior social behavior gets worse you know yeah. mm-hmm. and, and well uh, well I'm, socially <laughs> people don't know you killed someone yeah. they, they they're like oh he seems like an upright member of, he's a good solid yeah this is the only murder free verse in the song true right but you know some shit's about to go down well maybe i mean it's probably i view this as like the the train is carrying the murderers oh uh, true which i love um, that by or the, the murder or what if these and i'm picturing them as kids waving their arms out the window just yeah. like, said, like the school bus what if they end up getting killed by being so irresponsible we were talking about that okay. uh 
because mm-hmm. the 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 non the lack of dramatic irony and getting killed while <laughs> sticking your head out of things that shouldn't be stuck <laughs> your head shouldn't be stuck out of yes. Um, yes. We it's, it's not like it's not Promethean where it's like ah because you you know you took on hubris you will be forced to be yes. packed to death you flew day. too close to the sun Icarus <laughs> and no. now you must pay for yeah. your hubris it's no, like it's no like, no it, no no the completely foreseeable consequence <laughs> of your <laughs> actions happened yeah. and you're just a dummy and now you're dead yep. cause and effect you're just like seeing it and you're like man that's somebody's gonna get killed if they keep doing that and then oh yep there it goes well there. right it's there like it every time you hear like teen killed on or by roller coaster you're like it's like oh shit was there a malfunction in the right no he stood up no, <laughs> right yep. nope. he like, stood up like a mo and to tell you yeah. not to yeah. do that express or he hopped a fence into a restricted area to go get his hat and you know some some <laughs> some girl on the batman ride like decapitated him with her legs and like, <laughs> oh, I should laugh, but wow. I, that <laughs> that is a thing that happened and like, well, it really? is yeah that's Someone real got kicked in the head so hard their head yeah that came up i don't know if it decapitated them honestly but it did but it like it did kill them Damn. uh by blunt force trauma now that i'm thinking about it it's like yeah decapitation seems unlikely but um Ooh. But yeah, it's uh, how fast is that ride going? Like seventy miles an hour? Fucking fast! Yeah. It was one of the fast ones. Yeah, yeah. And your yeah. legs were dangling down. It, and he was retrieving a cap. A, a baseball cap, yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. That's it was worth a very it. dear cap. That's, that's it, another. Yeah. That's not quite dance instructor murder, but um, spectral dance instructor murder. Right. Uh, which is the name of this episode? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Spectral dance instructor. That was my uh, name in high school. <laughs> yeah, that's my new. Um, hipster ethereal background vibe music band oh nice is spectral dance instructor oh nice. yeah it's sort of chill wave mm-hmm. but with a sort yeah, of a yanni yeah. view it's, vibe it's a lot of it's a lot <laughs> of synth tones that just sort of don't really change much right and, Ever, it's like know. evolving pads that don't evolve it's yeah. kind of the opposite of the shepherd uh yes. shepherd tone yeah yes. it's like tone. it's like right. change chords you motherfucker <laughs> Killing me here. Yeah, it's like that. You know, it's like the guy who's uh, got the uh, uh, ice cream truck, and you're like, oh, that must be hell for that guy. Yeah, we already talked about. Um, we didn't mention the eat, drink, and be merry, but we did talk about memento mori. And yeah, but I would love to hear about the Ecclesiastes thing. Later. Oh well, it's just. I mean, it it dovetails into that portion of the discussion really well, and it's it's sort of a minor point where it's like you know. It's it's live in the now, but I'm actually not now that I'm thinking about it. I'm not really getting that vibe from this tune because it's sort of like a it's bleaker than all that. It, you know? it is. I mean, because it's not like, well, I guess maybe, yeah, stick your head out of the bus for tomorrow we die. You know? Right. <laughs> Imminently. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, I've got a little Bible. Or do your interpretive dance at the grave, you know? Right. So what's the verse where... Uh, read the verse you're talking about. Uh, this is Ecclesiastes 8, uh, and it says, verse 15, it says, So I commendeth enjoyment, because a man has nothing better under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry. For this will remain with him in his labor all the days of his life, which God gives him under the sun. And so that's... Um, yeah, it's it's basically the idea is accept the gifts of God uh, and acknowledges their temporary nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Ecclesiastes um, is so much about, uh, I mean, there's, there's this constant use of the phrase vanity and this idea of like, well, I tried uh, to do, I tried to learn everything I could about the world, but that turned out to be a, a form of, of uh, vainglory or, or sort of vaingloriousness. And then 
I turned myself to pleasure and hedonism, but then I realized that didn't have any real meaning either. And and essentially, it, it, this is the this is the um, the book that as to everything there's a season. You know that the that mm. song turn turn yeah. turn by the person turn right. if you will. Hmm. Turn, turn 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 <laughs> right around. But he does. Uh, but and so see he, the humans go. <laughs> that turns out that was what they were talking about. The whole time. Yeah. No. Um, oh, clearly we've solved the riddle. This is a sequel. Uh, I think so. Yes. This <laughs> <laughs> is a sequel to Turn Turn. <laughs> and a time to every purpose <laughs> under <laughs> heaven. Xylophone solo. Uh but yeah, like basically in the end, slightly overwrought. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> time to well, okay, I will say Roger McGuinn, the birds lead so he is he, he, he leaves it all on the field. I'll he, give he that goes, for you. He mm-hmm. goes for it because I mean chorus. when you hear like the the uh the Weaver's Pete Seeger version, it's like, yeah, it's a nice folk song. But then mm-hmm. you hear him, he's like, Bam. I mean it's like yeah. it's like <laughs> dial it back and not. He has dude. that entire so diaphragm damn. behind oh, that right. oh, yeah. time yeah. for. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And there's David Crosby in that too, so it's like, you know, oh. so, so it's like the Olympics of drama queens. Right. <laughs> Okay. And I say this as Man. a fan of the birds, but no, I love yeah. that song. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, attempt. yeah, it's it's one of those. It's like there's a lot of musical like excesses that we just sort of like let pass and then mm-hmm. like come back to it later and be like, what the hell? Yeah. Right? It's like whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like if you were in the studio, you'd be like, hey man, maybe yeah, <laughs> dial it back a half a notch, you know? Right. And it's like, well, we Greg, we talk about this all the time. It's like the uh, the who the the mm-hmm. clip the yeah that clips oh, yeah, the yeah. shit out the of the mic yeah. and like today the engineer would be like hey um you clip the shit out of the microphone Can we gotta do that again mm-hmm. yeah. and he'd be like no man i'm daltry yeah. <laughs> one take man that's, that's all yeah. i mean the whole effect is the clip yeah. you know true true because it, it is incredibly cooked yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, oh so it's great it's oh it is it is um yeah. but uh yeah so anyway ecclesiastes Oh, well, basically, I should say at the end, basically what he says is, because at first you're like, wow, dude, you don't seem to like anything. You know, the idea is that, the theory is that Solomon himself wrote Ecclesiastes uh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he basically says what you have to do, this is basically what Steve said, is where you have to um, find purpose in what you're doing right now and, you know, and try not to uh, long for, it's almost Buddhist. It's like, try not to long for things um that are beyond your grasp right now because maybe later you know but at the moment what you're going to really find meaning is in your work in your life and the work doesn't have to be actual you know going to a nine to five but and there's sort of a lesson in there of you know because i think if you turn towards you know the hereafter um there's sort of a fatalism and an acceptance of you know the circumstances you're in Mm -hmm. and that's not really what that is. It's like you make the most of your circumstances, even though that, yeah, death comes for all, but you mm-hmm. know, it's, you, you don't, even if you're convinced that, you know, what's waiting on the other side is an improvement, it's like you should still make the most of the gifts you have. Just get your yeah. interpretive dance on in the graveyard. Absolutely. Even if it causes a specter to kill you. You could be pushed right. into an open grave at any time. So yeah. basically yellow. You'll get a sick xylophone yeah. before right. you die. and Right. As I say, what a way to go, though. I mean, right? it's like... You know, yeah. 
I I don't often hear. You're right. I don't often hear of xylophone incorporation into my deaths. Uh, Maybe that's going to be in Saw 12. I think you're right. um, It's it's one of the puzzles. In here is a key, but first you have to play Lady of Spain perfectly, (laughs) (laughs) or else you lose a limb. Um, But yeah, but I mean, you know, but but it's true. I mean, you know, to an extent, it is sort of yellow, like. You know, because yeah. uh, I mean, that's a problem I often talk about with fundamental fundamentalist Christianity. It's like, well, by and by, in the next life, it's going to be. I'm like, that doesn't mean you get to slack off and do nothing yeah, here. Right. You know, the idea is that you know, if you actually believe in Christ's teachings, you have to actually, you know, it's not like Jesus is like, hey, just recommend in here just you don't have to listen to me but it's, it's like no always in the bible it's like jesus commands you right <laughs> like you know, right. we are called and it's like it's not yeah. like yeah we're not yeah, called so, to be like well let's just kick our feet up and uh, yeah there's not a ton of passivity in like the instructions of the gospel i don't think and this has no. been religion talk with <laughs> <laughs> yes we're talking about the gospels now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, there there is a lot of don't do shit in there, but oh, um, oh yeah, you know. yeah. Don't wave your arms out the window. Like for example, True. passenger train. I think a commandment or two may have been broken in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah. Well, he never. I mean, this maybe I'm being a little legalistic here, but <laughs> you know, it doesn't say do not have people killed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying the fifth commandment. There's a lot of wiggle room there. Yeah, man. Oh, thou okay. shalt not kill. Yeah. So the hitman's on the hook, not the well, yeah, right. yeah, right. It's like. I didn't do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I wasn't even there at the time. How can you blame I was me? miles away and paying the hitman. <laughs> yeah, I was on my Venmo. I was at the ATM, I was yes. using yeah. the cash app. <laughs> Promo code TMBG. And they're like, and wow, he's making a lot of sense, man. The jury's just like, they're like, yeah, yeah. he's yeah, right. Totally not responsible. Totally. Get the hitman in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of biblical quotes, um, which we were. Which we were. So, not a bad segue, actually. Um, but uh, I was thinking also of Genesis. Um, there's the whole thing about um, uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, how uh, Lot and his family are leaving. And there's this whole to-do about the fact that Lot's wife turns around at a very oh, uh, crucial moment. And she's um, smote and turned into a, a pillar of salt, right. which apparently was something the, the Yahweh was doing back then. It had some symbolism that was lost on me when I learned it as a kid. Well, yeah, because if you take it literally, you're like, what the Why? hell? She's just been a normal <laughs> human being. She wants to look back one more time. Jesus. But but I understand it's it's almost like like there's something in the gospel where Christ is like... Uh, any anyone who chooses to follow me but keeps one hand on the plow can't can't ever you yeah. know be among it, it's it, an all or nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's like you have to you have to whatever you do you have to commit. Whatever you do you have to put your blood into it, and that's mm. John Vanderslice right there. Yeah. Nice, mm-hmm. nicely done. Thank you. Are we ready to hear the one official live version? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they might be giants live. Double exclamation point. New York City. <laughs> 10 14 1994 so this was recorded at not like a proper show show but at sony sound studios uh in front of a live audience but not like at a uh venue venue this was recorded for the promotion of john henry but they had some classics in there as well Mm. and turn around is one of them so let's listen to it Dead in an irresponsible fashion 
So, in this version, we have... I love that so much. That was fantastic. Jim O'Connor on trumpet, Randy Andos on trombone, and then the John Henry rhythm section, we've got Tony Memone on bass, and Brian Doherty on drums. I was going to say the bass part's different. Um, I think my man Memone is playing maybe a fretless. What do you guys think? Is that possible? It felt It felt kind of squishy in a good way. Very elastic. Very elastic, Exactly. And, of course, he's, I think, one of the greatest bass players ever. Uh, oh. He was in Periabu, and uh, he played on Black Sheets of Rain, as a matter of fact. So. He's been on the show twice. I has like he, the, he has twice. I like the stripping down for just a kick drum for yeah. the first two verses. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, drums hold back. Yeah, because I thought I was like, oh, is he doing a drum machine on that? And I was like, where's the where's the stupid hi-hat? And, <laughs> and <laughs> As it's called. <laughs> I mean, cymbals sound like crap on drum machines. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Most of the time. time. Yeah. yeah, from that yeah. time they did. Yeah. Um, oh, man, by that third verse, he is really kicking he, ass he back is, there. He, yeah. is, he is unleashing hellfire, as they say. Um, but, yeah, I I just, I, I'm, I'm appreciative of a piece of evidence that is an apples to apples comparison that reminds me why i love full band they might be giants more mm-hmm. than duo they might be giants so this just reinforces your point yeah well it, it pre-confirms my biases you see and <laughs> reconfirms I, uh, I appreciate the honesty <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> you know on this matter of opinion mm. i'm clearly right right, um, <laughs> right in my humble and correct opinion absolutely you know with with full humility right. full humility <laughs> yes yes um, um, but no, I just I love the the room in Ooh. in this as a instrument itself. Oh yeah, uh, the room, uh, the the space that the the drums and the bass have, uh, mm-hmm. and just I mean the loungy vocals he's doing is so oh, good yeah. in that version. He's like, really you know, skill on the ground. Yeah, he. Leans into the human yeah. skull like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> he does have that. He has that thing that almost no one else has. That you know, yeah, that glottal thing. Yeah. But, yeah. but not like a Glenn Danzig thing. It's 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 a totally much cooler thing, <laughs> yeah. which doesn't take much work. But anyway, really um, ends it with a lot of oomph too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I noticed in the verses he kind of he was. I miss my little, berry though. Yeah, yeah, that was a little bit. The horns in this version, like a lot of it, that they're taking over for the background vocals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Turn it, earlier he had said that he couldn't hit some of those, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Flans is known for his falsetto, though. He didn't utilize it as much back in the right. day. Falsetto was kind of one of the later, mm-hmm. uh, you know, grown talents of Flans. Um, mm. But I do miss the background vocals. That's I the wish one Flans thing. had tried them. 
Yeah, that's the one thing I would say I do kind of miss. Although I appreciate the the horns are trying to to take take up the slack there. And and I did notice that. I'm like, oh yeah, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Especially in the They're third blaring. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Well, it's it's a different song. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Like it's thematically the same, but it's got a it's got a different more I, I guess I'm gonna go with more loungy vibe. Mm-hmm. Um with more of a, you know, big band flourish mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, it's it's so it's very croonery. Um, yeah, I noticed his vocals in the verses, especially the first two. He's a little, little behind. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just giving it. You know, I mean, which uh, of course, uh, is something I always associate with, like uh, Dean Martin or, or Sinatra. Yeah, you sure. know, that kind of slightly um, conversational, but to good know, effect. Yeah, oh, very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's great. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, just just let it, let it hang back and. It'll, the, the vocals will get there when they get there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the uh, lead singer's prerogative. You, mm-hmm. know? Yeah. you can't do that with a lot of other instruments in a band. Unless well, it's jazz, baby. And that's also that's the, the, the magic of the live performance sometimes <laughs> as well, is that you know it's, it doesn't have to be technically perfect. In fact, it's worse if it is. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. That's true. So what do you guys think about the fact that this has no bridge? The, the verses have so much to say, man. There's no time. Well, but I mean, even a melodic musical bridge, I think, is kind of interesting. Uh, so, okay. So it already has a train. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> Damn. Oh, literalism <laughs> up in your face. In your face. Uh, I hope you listeners appreciated that. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, but it, it is kind of funny because... Um, Okay, so there's this funny thing about uh, Warren Zevon uh, was uh, writing a song for this film director, Alan Rudolph, uh, in the late 80s. And uh, Alan Rudolph's like, yeah, I need you to write this kind of song. And he's like, oh, you're great. I'll have it to you in a couple weeks. And he goes, hey, man, on the last movie, Neil Young wrote his in like two days. And he's like, yeah, but did Neil Young have a bridge in his? <laughs> and of course, you know, Warren Zevon and Neil Young are very good friends, so he was, he was goofing. But uh, my brother Jeffrey and I used to joke, we're like, oh, it's a real song. It has a bridge. Because the ones without them, I don't know if they're real. They're not legit all the way. You know? But anyway, uh, of course, I'm joking because I love this song. So. Um. Yeah, it's. I don't know if he needs one. Um, I don't think so. And I never even really noticed. Yeah, and recently. that's sort of the that's sort of the um, when you can get away with repetition, go ahead and do it. Because mm-hmm. uh, and this song certainly does, um, and a lot of TMBG songs do. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, they're they're known for their brevity. Yeah, but I feel like the arrangement building enough. Like, there's enough interest. Yeah, you know, in just the additions in uh, instrumentation. That yeah, and it's also, I think it's a very linear track because uh, mm. even even though the chorus and the verses kind of change, uh, it's it's very there's it's not a different um, what's the word I'm looking for music theory people. Mm. Um, there's not a there's not a chordal change. I mean, yeah, it's 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 the same tonality in both sections where it's just sort of like. That there isn't really a transition between verse and chorus. Right. Um, other, even though he does a verbal transition where he's like, and he sang me this song, mm-hmm. turn around. And it's like the same, I think it's the same note as like, I was walking and yep. turn around. Yeah. Right. I think true. it's the same it's note. And yeah. so it's, um, huh. so yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, 
I think the building is the changes in this. Um, sure. I, I because I don't think there's really mm-hmm. much of a change even between verse and chorus. Mm-hmm. So I, I, th- I don't know. I won't speak to the intent of the artist. but <laughs> <laughs> The authorial intent. Yeah, right. Well, it is unknown, and they won't tell us. Uh, <laughs> the scrupulous. Yeah. Well, I, I like that is one of my favorite They Might Be Giants uh, aspects is that they, they do let their art speak and Mm -hmm. um and they let the rest of us fools uh (laughs) flail around and try to try to figure out what the hell they're after um Uh, what this podcast is for flailing we dance around the circle and suppose but they might be giants sit in the middle and know yes the knowing smiles (laughs) well you know speaking of transitions um i i don't know when you guys were writing when you first started writing songs, this is a term I, I learned from just books because, you know, at the time I was just basically uh, uh, consuming as much as I could about uh, song uh, formats, you know, basically. And um, I was always taught that there's a, and it's funny because this, this song doesn't have any of these, but um, there's a section sometimes after the chorus but before the next verse. And um, typically those are called a turnaround. Right, right, mm-hmm. and often it shares the same as maybe the intro, depending. I thought it was interesting because I'm like, I wonder if that's uh, if there's a joke here about that somewhere that the fact that they don't have a turnaround in a song called Turnaround. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe um, I mean vocally they certainly do. Um, true. The sing me this song, you know, true, that is so and true. but they don't do it musically at all. Right, um, there isn't. I mean, I guess you could say in the baseline it does have a turn when it goes back into the lower register. Yeah, that's true. But no, I'm not. I don't think so. I think it's a very linear mm. track, yeah. um, and that it's just like A B A B, and we're done. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it doesn't need no uh, all that fancy. Yeah. A B A B A B B is yeah is what it does and it's like in verse and chorus aren't it's like a1 i would say the chorus (laughs) right Right. (laughs) and and so it's not really even all that structurally different um Mm -hmm. just in terms of like the shape of the melody is very uh he only has that one um the you know there in each section there's one where he you know, sort of reached a crest. Right. Um, where the same obsequious manner right. was the reason I had him killed. Right, and then he walks down. Yeah, and Dun. then he goes back down. And and in the chorus is the same where it's, there's a human skull on the... And it's even the right. same, like, note collection, yeah. really, and the same like, yeah, sort similar. of arc. There's a shape to this that's very consistent um, very in true. the vocal melody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. There is a rising action, a climax, and then a denouement, if you will. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's true, the verse is Excellent narrative structure within each verse. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. See, you know what that is? That's craftsmanship right there. That's craftsmanship. I mean, this yeah. certainly is a very crafted song. It is. Um, I mean, and, and it's probably because they had written so many songs at this point that he could say, well, I wrote this in a day. And I tossed it off. It's like, yeah, but you've been doing this for so long that it, you know, the, the quality is. I, I will say that there's, you know, there isn't, the simplicity isn't simple right. in this. It's deceptive. Right. It's It's got. That is the stupidest thing I've ever said. No, uh, <laughs> no I, I know what you mean. Simplicity isn't simple. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> then no, it's not simplicity, it. sir. Uh, <laughs> See, but that's the trick. Exactly. Well, it's deceptively simple. Right. Yes. Rather than right. actually simple, uh, it's uh, uh, it's got 
there's a lot of layers, even in the thinner instrumentations on this that mm-hmm. are are very fascinating to yeah. me. And this song is wormed its way in my brain over the last few days. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. It's, yeah. It's very effective. I have listened to it a long time. And then this week I listened yeah. to it some more and I'm like, yeah, this is so freaking good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bomb. It's just good. So I think we should head to the covers section. Let's sure. do it. And being that yesterday uh, was Inia's third birthday party, we did not really have time to collect uh, uh, covers together beforehand. So fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it <laughs> Hell live. Yeah. And uh, so what let's head to YouTube here. What We're, you're hearing in the background is Greg Google searching covers. Oh, yes. The, the slight tapping, tapping. And oh, <laughs> the, the, that, that heavy and pointed thing. Right. In the back of your neck. It's this first cover, and it's by <laughs> Vacupup Labs oh. on YouTube. Let's check it out. needs way more than 300 plays damn i must say that people that definitely so need good. to go to this youtube video and How many, watch we're, it we're among the first 500 people to watch this there are only 308 views on that this. is that is insane it this is. is so good <laughs> i mean the cover's incredible the intro's amazing and the, the musicianship anim- and the musicians and the animation i mean it's a really clever uh, realization of the lyrics without being like to the point where you're like, okay, I didn't need to see every single image. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's really, really good. I don't know how much I love the French translation of the verse, but because mm. you hate the French, well, exactly, not really. But <laughs> so this was uh, Tom Benson and Matt Lindsay, and it is from the CD They Pay Tribute Volume Two, which oh. I was actually a part of as well. Were you? Yes. Okay. What, uh, and I'd forgotten that this was on there. I hadn't listened to it in a while. Which uh, song did you perform? Um, I did... There were a couple I was on. My collaboration with Adam and his package for the song Montana was oh, yeah. on there. My collaboration with Colin from Muster Plug was on there. The Man, It's So Loud in Here. Oh, and yeah. my solo cover of the song Answer off of Glean was on there as well. So this was your record? This, yeah, I mean, basically yeah, yeah. everyone else was playing on it, but it was really your... your well, it was, it was two discs, and there were only three tracks of me, so... Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm just saying. So... That's so good. That was yes. really good. So now, scrolling down, I see a lot of people playing the ukulele to the song. Sure. Uh, what is up with see. TMBG and ukulele? They, ukulele players love TMBG. Uh, let's see. 
So let's check out Willow Shetler on ukulele. I was working all night in my office when a man I had recently killed called me up from a phone near my building. So I looked out the window at him. He had the same obsequious manner that was the reason I had him killed. So to calm my nerves, I sang this song to him over the phone. Turn around, turn around. Yeah, dude's a good player. He's yeah. a really good player. Nice little, like. nice little triplet at the uh, t- turnaround, if you will, before uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little more of mm-hmm. a pre-chorus, I guess, before yeah. the chorus of that. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that was nice. And His uh, vocal choices are really good for this too. Very, um, very. Like and, uh, he's not. He's doing a talk singing type mm-hmm. deal, and it's very, very. G- a good homage to the Johns. <laughs> Indeed. I think they would they would dig this. So let's do one. Uh, is there a bass cover? So <laughs> yeah, we're not doing this. <laughs> bass not off. They're not real. Not a cover. <laughs> Time for a bass off. So let's do one uh, acoustic guitar cover. Should we go with Jesse Conrad or Shameless Covers by Puerco? I have to go with Puerco. I mean, I think we should uh, reward Shameless Behavior. Uh, yeah. the, the other guy looks like the Unabomber. <laughs> don't add that God. either please cut that as well so here but we're yeah, gonna be it's uncanny we're, we're gonna be view number 10 on this all right oh. are you ready here we go dude this is exclusive got yeah. an exclusive on this right <laughs> breaking news in my office when a man i had recently killed called me up from a phone near my building so i looked out the window at him he had the same obsequious manner That was the reason I had him killed So to calm my nerves I sang this song to him Over the phone Turn around, turn around There's a thing there that can be found Turn around, turn around It's a human skull on the ground Human skull on the ground Turn around this is the Starbucks coffee shop version. I really like it. Yeah, it's got that jangle to it. Full on, but it's like, you know. Again, good job with the bass. Yeah, this is pinky going crazy. Yeah, this one and the last one had really good like incorporation of the bass tones in it. And kept the bottom in it even, even with uh, a tenor instrument. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So over at SoundCloud, I'm getting a lot of other songs called Turnaround in here, but I see one that uh, is called Turnaround TMBG Classical. Oh, my God. Ooh. So I'm very curious as to what this is. And the user is Mount Weasel, Orwell, and Good. I don't know what that means. Uh, I remember that law firm. Yeah. <laughs> right. I interviewed for them, and uh, they turned me down. And so I don't Bastards. feel great about this particular firm, and I'm going to set this one out. Well, I will be retaining their services again. Mm-hmm. Uh, headed up by a lion smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will be retaining their services again. Headed up by a lion smoking a cigarette. So the the... 
A little blurb here says, turn around as they track by the magnificent, they might be giants from the Apollo, from the um, Apollo, 8, Ale, Apollo 11, no, Apollo 18. Oh. And it sounds splendidly lovely, robust, and resonant as a Shakespearean piece. So let's, okay. with that in mind, all right. let's okay. see what this is. I was working all night in my office when a man I had recently killed called me <laughs> up from a phone near my building. So I, I don't know how far I can make it into this. Wow. Oh, we're we're sticking with this. He's got like a Ken Nordine vibe, which I dig. You know that. So to calm my nerves, I sang this song. It's like Scar reading the. Yes, Scar. Yeah. Be prepared. Turn Turn around. There's a thing there that can be found. (laughs) Turn around. Turn around. It's a human skull on the ground. On the ground. Mm. Turn around. <laughs> those act- those pauses are fantastic. They just the those pause choices are they like, are pregnant pauses, man. They are, are they This guy understands he has a good sense of comedy. Those I mean, are, that was really, really well done. Those are third trimester pauses. Uh, yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean they're practically contractions at that point. I'm sorry. Right. You know? Uh, but yeah, wow, fantastic. I had no idea. Such I loved a thing every existed. second of that. I know. Oh my gosh! Yes, it was very scarred. Uh, That's very, so weird. Very Jeremy. <laughs> very weird. Yes. Wow. Well, I I love. I just love creativity like that, though. Where it's like I know because you know we, it's a, a common karaoke moved when you you know are you know a little too liquored up to perform. Um, right. I mean, friends of mine, not naturally, you not know, heard you. from um, But you know, when you do a spoken word to a Bon Jovi song, right. it's funny. We've got to hold on to what we've got. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. You know, we've got each other, and that's a lot. For love. <laughs> for love. Just, <laughs> for love. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. <laughs> wow. No, anyway, um, that is absolutely fantastic. I loved it. Um, and uh, honestly, it, what you said is like how I feel whenever I see something like this. I'm like, man, I love people. Like, because there's days where I'm like, oh, darn people. One is, you know, one is, and then I get on the internet and I'll see something like this, or somebody will do this incredibly, like, he'll, he'll do a version, like some choreographed move where he records a hundred versions of himself in different outfits doing it. And I'm like, I love people, man. Because yeah. he did that for no money and no. for no clicks. He did it because he Because he loved it. it. <laughs> he, he did it for the love. Yeah. Yeah. How many views does the, um, how many plays does this have? This has 29. Wow. <laughs> man, this guy's got an interesting, I think he's tapped into an interesting kind of rich vein here. I he's, think, that voice is, has got some... That's got some uh, Nick Cave yes. depth to it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes, very Nick Cave. Yes. Yeah. So, that <laughs> I, sorry, I was about to go in the I mercy think, seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those sinister dinner deals. I do want to say one last thing because when I first heard this song back in 92, I thought, and I have no reason to think this now, but I thought they were sort of doing a satirical homage to another song called Turnaround which was like kind of a relatively big song in the early 60s. Um, Like Mm -hmm. Harry Belafonte co-wrote it, actually. Hmm. And it was kind of a weeper. And it was basically one of those. And the reason (laughs) I... But it was. It was like... It was very much like for people who have grown children. It's like turn around and they're tiny, turn around and they're two, turn around and Uh they're... Okay. Turn around and 
your two Turn around and you're four Turn around and you're a young girl Going out of the door Turn around, turn around Turn around and you're and that, But it's very much like kind of a, a chestnut or, or a, which you know, or something like that. I mean, I remember singing it in, in chorus my freshman year. Yeah. And so I did a little research on it. For one thing, I found out Harry Belafonte co-wrote it. I'm like, oh, that explains some of the craftsmanship on that guy. Mm. But, um, but I mean, it was covered by like a bunch of people. Like Kingston Trio did one. Um, Nancy Griffiths got one I heard the other day, which was really good. Hmm. And the guy from Green Acres who sang the Green Acres theme, Eddie Albert, yes, uh-huh. 1966, Green Acres, the B-side to the Green Acres theme was him covering that. So you go from like this, da-da-da-da-da, to I'm imagining this incredibly, <laughs> mel- you know, melancholy piece, and I, I wish I could find it, to be honest. With infinite sadness. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. Infinite. <laughs> All right, Billy. Yes. So you guys mustn't forget about the most important part of the episode, oh. mm. which is scoring the song. All right. This is what the people want to know. Oh. What do we score this song? I'm going to pass it off to Dan Brooks first. Well, I'm pretty easy when it comes to these things. This song. Oh, what's the uh, what's the gamut again? Is it American Bandstand How where it's like 1 you. to 100? Or is it... I can't it's remember. 0 to 10. It's the 10. Decimals oh. are acceptable. And you can use any unit of measure after the decimal. I believe oh. there's a fruit loop in there somewhere. Oh, very nice. Is there an umlaut? <laughs> Possibly a chevron. I may have put a fruit loop. Oh, like oh, was it? Back yeah. in episode two. Eight I in a fruit loop. Remember that. <laughs> Seven in a fruit loop. Nine uh, in a fruit loop. I, I'm just going to go with the ten because I think it's fantastic. And I wow. Uh, well, uh, on wow. my own show, I often am effusive with my praise because I genuinely feel that way. And I don't think like you know like I think some people they like want to give their. They, they give away their praise like it's like, you know, I don't know, their frickin' virginity or something. You know, it's like, Jesus, man, come on. You know, just, you won't be less than if you gave more than one movie five stars in, in a month. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, for me, 10. All right. Yep. And a new out. No, I'm kidding. And a new that. Uh, well, Dan, you've, you're, you're causing me to fight the hypothetical with that. Um, <laughs> And I'm losing this fight. Um, <laughs> you can't fight that feeling anymore. Well, I, I mean, I always think of these as like in the pantheon of TMBG songs. I mean, yes. is this mm-hmm. a where like a birdhouse in your soul or a uh, angel uh, is uh, is like a ten for me? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my, one of my favorite songs is XEXXY. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that song, it's like every time that... that uh, <laughs> it's like my favorite... Oh, one of my favorite things ever written. It, it is Damn. a bass player's dream. But yeah. um, so this one, I guess, is like if we're comparing it to other TMBG, like the classic ones, I think it's a little lower than that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So but I love this track. So I don't know. I think it's sort of like I don't think this is a polarizing track. I don't know. What do the people think it's, about this track? Uh, on uh, the wiki, it is ranked 160 out of 910 songs. Okay. So it's fairly so it's, high. Yeah, oh, I was going to say like I was thinking like Eight and a half, mm-hmm. um, pushing nine, um, and a diacritic like mark of something. Yeah, it's, it's in my it's in my second tier of like 
TMBG songs. Um, but it's it's moved up in the rankings. Like before today or before like we started prepping for this. This is the problem with TMBG. Um, is that uh, it? Uh, every song you di- deep dive into, you oh, yeah. like more when you're mm-hmm. done. Yeah. <laughs> and so well, I felt that way whenever I listen to one of these episodes. I'm like, I need to listen to that a lot more. Because right? yeah. I'm like, because a lot of them. I mean, there were actually some songs, and I, I don't mean to interrupt your reading here. Oh, but I, interrupt, please. Well, I just wanted to. Well, I'm, I guess I'm giving props to. to I'm Greg saying here. nothing of import. <laughs> <laughs> I am rightly. Rebuked. It's just what the people want. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm right. I deserve that. Uh, no. I, you're depriving. <laughs> I deserve that Steve. all. No, but uh, I was just going to say that there are a lot of songs that I had literally never even heard before by the oh, yeah. Because as I was saying to Steve yesterday, and, and I, I hesitate to even admit this because I, I'm afraid Greg is going to give me a look that Don't sort of this, uh, mixes Don't between rage paper white and mask of evil. Well, yeah, yes. it is a paper white mask of evil. But that be, you're about to get. You I think it'd be like a, a mixture of rage as your counsel, and, and sir. Like pity. <laughs> you know, like oh yeah, as your counsel. As a, I may just be a country lawyer, but I'm no. just a simple country lawyer. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, there were a lot of songs where I was like, I have not really listen to that and uh, i think that's what you know that's what a lot of great well great shows podcasts and and the like do video you know youtube stuff channels do yeah well i mean i really enjoyed revisiting this um mainly because i mean the interactions i had with pre-band full band they might be giants uh, it was always very scant because it's you know i like the tiny tune stuff and it's like when it, one would come up i'd be like oh that's nice i like that song i never really deep dove into them mm-hmm. um just because i sort of like had a weird um i didn't really give them you know the didn't really chew them over mm-hmm. like i do the later stuff um and i think the reason is is like i just didn't like listening to it as much um but this one i definitely am like okay this is really well put together in a way that um even i don't even think the uh thin instrumentation of the early years hurts the song i think it's a it's a feature um yeah. mm-hmm. so i i think i think a second tier uh they might be giants track i would say uh so what were you going there 8.5? i'd say eight and a half a little lower maybe a little higher give or take a half so i'd and say a uh, french diacritic mark of some kind so yeah i'd, say, I'd, I'd say eight and a half solid all right solid not cool. the greatest uh really good not the greatest mm-hmm. they might be giants song i'm, I'm mm-hmm. I, I think a 10 would be somewhere in the neighborhood of like their like you know everybody agrees this song rules and right 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 type tracks like essential there there are deep cuts that are that are tens that are underappreciated but i uh, yeah this one it's a it's a well-known and well-liked song uh mid-track on uh apollo 18 just my favorite album as i've said i love every song on this album Mm. um it is it is up there, but like you said, it's not the best song on Apollo eighteen. Uh, but it is a solid eight for me. I love the duo era. I love the sound of Apollo eighteen, the production on it. Uh, so I think a eight is where I'm gonna stand. Eight so, is great. Eight, eight is, is great. great. So Dan, I want you to promote your podcast for the people. <laughs> Tell the people about your podcast. Sure. Uh, I have a podcast that I do with my friend, my comrade, and in many ways my uh, asexual life partner uh, Nick Cheney, and uh, I, I'm just doing that because he started an episode that way, and so now I'm just gonna like try to grind it in every time. But our, our show is called Project Exploitation, so that's P R O J E X P L O I T I O N, and you can look for it under Projects Pod uh, on Twitter because apparently Twitter doesn't like that many letters, so we just went yeah. Projects Pod. So 
it's a uh, a film. Uh, excuse me. It's a podcast about uh, exploitation cinema, typically from the early 1950s up until the uh, late 90s, which is sort of the golden age. Um, so you have like the uh, basically there are the uh, B pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'd right. have an A picture. Back in the day, you would go out to a uh, a cinema and you'd expect an entire evening of entertainment. So you would have a short uh, a short cartoon uh, newsreel. And then there would be the A film, and then there would be a B film. So the families were really going out for the whole night. Right. And the B movie was the throwaway one that typically did not get nearly as much money. Uh, as one guy, uh, Seijin Suzuki, once said, he basically said that, you know, as a B picture director, your job was way harder and you had less money because you had to go around and find out what the A picture guy was going to do and then try not to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So he'd be like, okay, so what are they doing? Okay, now I need to film my film in a way that's going to keep the audience's interest. So anyway, so we talk about that, and it's interesting how shockingly uh, socially progressive and uh, brilliantly uh, transgressive a lot of these movies are. They seem often they seem kind of like at first glance to be kind of chintzy, but after you get past the first blush, you realize often when you don't have that same level of oversight from a studio mm-hmm. and you're kind of left like, okay, here's your money. You got to have this many action scenes or this many sex scenes and whatever, and just go do it. We don't even care. And sometimes people will come up with incredibly um, amazing visions that are often a lot more experimental or a lot more daring than the uh, a pictures, if you will, the, the, uh-huh. the more yeah. mainstream. And so we've been, Really uh, excited to dive into it. So, um, yes, uh, Project Exploitation. Check it out, people. Steve, you want to promote any of your bands? Do your bands have... Uh, is this Circle Jerks cover that I heard about? Is it available <laughs> to yet. the wider so public? Not yet. Oh, uh, so but it is so good, though. We're, we're, so. Keeping it, uh, we're keeping it hush-hush for the time being. Okay, um, okay. I, I haven't talked to the guys about that, so uh, we'll, we'll, I'll get my shameless promotion in later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... All right, then. And people know they can find me at thismightbeapodcast.com. And this might be a pod on Twitter. Email me, this might be a pod at Gmail. And send me voicemails at 224801-2930. Steve, Dan, my good friends, thank you for making the trip to do this in person. I've missed having people in the studio. So thank you. It's a much better experience. Oh, it is. So it is. That's so much better to be yeah. in the studio. So, I mean, this way, when I'm talking and somebody's flicking me off, I can really see it up close. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Now, listeners can't hear this, but I know what they're thinking. Yeah. Well, I, I felt something heavy and pointed on the back of my neck. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, I got uh, the whole dug out back. So, whoever wants to be pushed into that open grave first, <laughs> you can just pile you right in. Yeah. Um, right. I, I, is that what the xylophone I saw being wheeled in was mm-hmm. for? Right. Okay. Oh, it's all ready to go. That's <laughs> why I felt that enormous sense of foreboding when I saw the xylophone and there was this sort of heavy music like and I'm like, why do I feel weird and scared inside? You know, Greg it's, is it's Memento Mori. Tone. Yes. He right. is. He's going to enforce Memento Mori. <laughs> mm-hmm. <know>? It's like, <laughs>